Welcome to Across the Street, your one-stop shop for all things inpatient medicine at the Durham VA, from faculty and staff who know it and love it just as much as you do. Well, hi, everyone. My name's Ann Weaver. I'm one of the endocrinology fellows at the Durham VA. And this is uh, Matt Crowley. I'm an endocrinologist at the Durham VA. And we're going to be discussing inpatient diabetes management. So we'll start off with the clinical vignette. We have a 64-year-old man with type 2 diabetes, obesity. He weighs 90 kilograms and his BMI is 30. He has hypertension, hyperlipidemia, and CAD. And he presents to the ER with fever, nausea, vomiting, swelling and erythema, and drainage of a left foot wound. His diabetes is managed with metformin, 1,000 milligrams twice a day, empagliflozin, 10 milligrams daily, and 70-30 insulin, 60 units before breakfast and 40 units before dinner. His most recent A1C is 8.5%. On arrival to the ER, his blood sugar is 280 without evidence of DKA, and he has AKI with a serum creatinine of up to 2.3 from a normal baseline. Blood cultures are collected, and he is given IV fluids, as well as empiric antibiotics, and he is admitted to GenMed. All right, so with that initial uh, vignette, we'll switch gears and go over the uh, objectives and goals of this talk and then um, provide some information and come back to the case at the end. So the objectives for this talk are, number one, to review inpatient glycemic goals. Number two, to understand how clinical factors uh, can affect blood glucose in inpatients to learn how to choose an inpatient diabetes regimen, to understand uh, how to convert between different insulin regimens, and then number five, to know when to call endocrinology for diabetes. So the first objective, what are the blood glucose goals for inpatient diabetes therapy? Well, this is pretty straightforward. The inpatient goal blood glucose levels for virtually all inpatients are 140 to 180. Um, as studies have shown that in more intensive blood glucose control can increase mortality in, in many uh, inpatient populations. Now, one exception to this is patients who are status post-cabbage uh, uh, um, or, or other heart surgeries, um, and that's because rates of mediastinitis are higher in patients uh, who have those surgeries and, and don't have tightly controlled sugars. So we do aim for much tighter glycemic controls uh, goals in that group. Uh, excellent. So what clinical factors might affect our patient's uh, blood glucose? Uh, so first off, our patient has an infection. Uh, sounds like a diabetic foot wound, which is pretty common at the VA. Um, and infection is definitely a factor that can contribute to hyperglycemia as an inpatient. But it's important to keep in mind that some circumstances like severe sepsis and other infections can actually uh, be associated with hypoglycemia. Um, additionally, our patient has uh, nausea and vomiting and likely poor PO intake. And so this is something to keep in mind when you're admitting a patient. Um, patients often each eat much less when they're hospitalized and not feeling well. And often when they do eat, their diet's very different than what they have at home. Um, sometimes at home, patients will eat more junk food and don't really like the hospital food very much. Um, so for this reason, pati patients' insulin doses often require an, an empiric dose reduction at the time of hospitalization. And I kind of alluded to this, it's important to 
uh, gauge a patient's adherence to their insulin regimen at home. Uh, for example, if you start a poorly adherent patient on his home insulin regimen, there is a risk of hypoglycemia. Another tip is that you can use a patient's A1C as uh, an estimate of a patient's glycemic control as an outpatient. Our patient's A1C is 8.5%, um, which indicates inadequate glycemic control. There are many reasons for this, such as poor adherence to a recommended diet or medications, uh, as well as insulin resistance or other things. So keep in mind that you can use the A1C to help estimate an appropriate insulin regimen as an inpatient, and we will go over this in a little bit. And lastly, our patient also has AKI. Insulin is cleared renally, and so patients with AKI will often need an insulin dose reduction. So once you have your patient uh, admitted, come up to the floor, um, you know, an important question is how do you decide on how to treat their diabetes? So, you know, in general, four-shot basal prandial insulin regimens are, are definitely the safest and most flexible way to manage type 2 diabetes in inpatient setting. And, you know, that's because patients often have interrupted PO intake or other, other uh, clinical factors that come to play. Um, or their fasting. So in general, um, patients on oral regimens, other non-insulin medications, or simple insulin regimens like 70-30 twice daily should be switched over to a four-shot regimen, and then all the non-insulin medications can be stopped. Now, in a patient who's already using insulin, it's reasonable to use the home total daily insulin dose as a starting point with the caveat that this total daily dose will need to be adjusted based on the factors that Anne discussed earlier, so infection, anticipated PO intake, adherence to home diet and medication regimen, uh, and an AKI. And what you might find is that you need to decrease or increase a patient's total daily insulin dose by 20 to 40%, depending on these various factors. And this, this is a Adjustment that's kind of generally based on, on a clinical gestalt. There's, there's not hard and fast guidelines for how to manage that. For patients who are only taking oral medications or other non-insulin diabetes medications, weight-based insulin dosing can be useful as a rough guide for how to dose, uh, how to dose the four-shot insulin regimen. So with type 2 diabetes, it's reasonable to start insulin at 0.5 to 0.8 units per kilogram and then adjust from there. Uh, now that calculation refers to the patient's total daily insulin dose, which will then need to divide into basal and prandial components. Prandial, of course, meaning mealtime uh, doses. For patients with uh, type 1 diabetes, incidentally, it's reasonable to start insulin dosing uh, lower, of course, because these patients are typically less insulin resistant, so around 0.3 units per kilogram as opposed to the 0, uh, 0.5 to 0 0.8 units per kilogram. And so Dr. Crowley um, discussed our scheduled insulin dosing, but where does sliding scale insulin fit into this? And so it's important to keep in mind that sliding scale insulin should never be used alone without scheduled insulin for any inpatient with sustained hyperglycemia. Um, this is a more reactive approach, um, and patients will only get insulin when their blood sugar is already high. Um, so if a patient is already on scheduled insulin um, but persistently hyperglycemic um, and requiring sliding scale insulin very frequently with every meal, then this is an indication to increase scheduled insulin doses. 
Uh, it's also important to keep in mind and remember that patients with type 1 diabetes must receive exogenous insulin, specifically basal insulin, at all times to prevent DKA. All right, so moving on to another uh, important question. Uh, how, do, how, do, how does one convert between different insulin regimens? So um, most residents are comfortable with dosing uh, glargine and, and rapid-acting uh, prandial-based analogs like Aspart and Lyspro. And in order to, to calculate the doses for a regimen with those insulins, basically what you do is you take the total daily insulin dose, take half of the total daily dose to be the basal insulin uh, dose, the glargine dose, um, and then the other half of the uh, total daily dose can be divided to, to yield the three prandial insulin doses. So, for example, if you have a 100-kilogram patient, you want to start that person on 0.5 units per kilogram of insulin. That would be a total daily insulin dose of 50 units. Now, half of that would be given as glargine once daily, which is the basal half. And then the remaining 25 units could be divided uh, into three separate shots for the prandial insulin dosing. Uh, and that would be about eight units of Aspart or Lyspro with meals. So again, a 100-kilogram patient, total daily insulin dose of 50 units. That would lead to 25 units of glargine daily and then uh, eight units of Aspart or Lyspro uh, three times daily with meals. Now, if you wanted to start that patient, same patient, 100 kilograms, 50-unit uh, total daily dose, on regular and NPH insulin, you would simply take the total uh, daily insulin dose and just divide it by four. So for our 100 kilogram patient, that, uh, that would be 50 units total, as we said. You would basically divide that in, into uh, four components and, and have it be 12 units roughly of regular insulin before meals and then 12 units of NPH at night. And if you already have a patient on regular and MPH insulin as an outpatient, but when you admit them, you want to switch them to uh, glargine and aspart, how should we do this? And uh, you can simply just add up their total daily insulin dose um, based on your weight-based insulin and then follow the formula we already um, discussed. Uh, for the glargine and aspart. So add up the total daily dose, and like Dr. Crowley said, half of that would be glargine, and the other half would be divided into three for your mealtime insulin. Uh, and this is also something that's pretty common. What if you have a patient on 70-30 insulin as an outpatient, but you want to switch them to glargine and aspart while they're inpatient? Again, just add up their total daily insulin dose based on their weight-based insulin dosing, and then follow the formula we've already discussed for dividing into glargine and aspart. And just a reminder to follow that up, and as we discussed earlier, that home total daily dose needs to be adjusted based on the clinical factors you mentioned. Exactly. So let's revisit our patient. Um, what should we do um, with his uh, insulin? Um, so first you ask him a few questions when you're admitting him and you determine that he's taking his insulin as prescribed and very rarely misses any insulin doses. You also determine that he really doesn't feel good and doesn't feel like eating a whole lot. So first step, you plan to stop his metformin and empagliflozin, and then you assess what factors are contributing to his glycemic control right now. So he's got an infection, 
and it, he has an element of insulin resistance uh, based on his A1C of 8.5, and these two things would uh, lean towards hyperglycemia. However, he has pretty poor PO intake right now and AKI, which would increase his risk for hypoglycemia if he were started on too aggressive of an ins um, insulin regimen. So as an outpatient, he is on 70-30 insulin, 60 units before breakfast and 40 units before dinner uh, for a total daily dose of 100 units. Um, given his decreased PO intake and AKI, you plan to decrease his total daily dose by about 40%. And like Dr. Crowley mentioned before, this is kind of based on clinical gestalt. Um, so we have a new total daily inpatient insulin dose of 60 units, and you decide to start him on Glargine and Aspart. So our inpatient total daily dose is 60 units. Half of that will be glargine, so 30 units at bedtime. And the other 30 units will be divided into three for his mealtime aspart of 10 units. However, if you wanted to use regular insulin and NPH, uh, you would take your inpatient total daily insulin dose of 60 units and divide by four, which would give you 15 units of regular insulin before meals and 15 units of MPH at bedtime. All right, so last thing, now that you, you know how to manage inpatient diabetes, say you have a patient who, who kind of exceeds your knowledge a little bit, you need to know when to call endocrinology for diabetes. Really, uh, any time, but uh, any patient with difficult to control or widely variable blood glucoses, and that would include low blood sugars, um, it is fair game to call endocrine for, and then especially in complicated clinical situations like type 1 diabetes or patients who are on tube feeds or TPN, um, patients who are receiving glucocorticoids will often have difficult to control sugars, or patients who are on peritoneal dialysis, for example. All of these uh, specific types of patients would be completely reasonable to involve endocrine. A couple other uh, no-brainer consults are patients who are on U500 insulin uh, at home. And I won't go into the details of, of what that is or how to manage it, but it's a concentrated formulation of insulin. And although patients who do require this at home will be you know, taking it prior to admission, they often don't actually need it when they're inpatient. And then, of course, patients who are on insulin pumps uh, are an automatic endocrinology consult. That's kind of our summary of inpatient uh, diabetes management. Um, however, the views and opinions stated in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Department of Veteran Affairs or the Durham VA Hospital. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening.